sorry. Um, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Can you hear me? Philippians chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 19. Um, let's go ahead and read our text for this morning. Lord willing, this is where we're going to get, but it's in the Lord's hands. We say, Lord willing. Amen. So, uh, Philippians 2 and verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they are, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that surely I myself will come also. So this is the Apostle Paul. We've been, uh, I think this is our 10th uh, installment. Yeah, it's our 10th installment. Um, as we're going verse by verse through the uh, uh, book of Philippians. Uh, so what's going on is, is Paul is in prison. He's chained to a Roman guard. Um, and he, instead of uh, sitting in the mental muck and mire or, or uh, letting himself be depressed or discouraged about what's going on in his life, because he really, there's some things that he wants to do. There's some things that he's asking God to do, but it's all in the Lord's hands. He, he literally doesn't know um, if he's going to die really, really soon, if he's going to be executed, um, or if they're going to let him go. That's the world he's living in right now. And so instead of wallowing in, in that, you know, the fear of the unknown. Okay, now listen to what I'm saying, guys. Uh, don't let the unknown destroy us or take us out of the fight. Amen. There's a lot that we can be concerned about. There's a lot that can freak us out. And it's always scary when we, when we look in our, with our natural senses at the unknown, like what's going to happen last year, last couple of years have been crazy. Who knows what's going to happen down the road? Hey, I don't know. I don't have a clue. There's some things that I would like to happen. But see, here's the deal. My God is in control. Listen to what I said. Let that sink in. Um, we serve a risen Savior. We serve a real living God, the creator of the universe, who loves you with an undying love. He is completely faithful. Amen. Even when you are faithless, the word of God says that he is faithful to you. Okay. So I don't know what's going to happen but I got a real good feeling about it, you know, because I know my God's in control. And so we do have a reason to rejoice. So back to our story, the Apostle Paul, um, instead of being depressed or discouraged, and that's that's something that we all have to fight, whether you're the Apostle Paul or, or Paul Rock, you know, um, we get our eyes off of Christ, we can get discouraged really fast. We got the regrets of the past. We got the fears of the future. We, we got everything, man, that can just weigh us down. God, first of all, God says, forget about the past, move forward, and trust Him as we move forward. So He shoots off this letter um, to the Philippian church. Philippian church are going through a lot right now as well. Uh, the church is going through a lot of persecution, and not only that, there's some there's some infighting and some bickering in the church. Okay, so that's where we're at. Um, the Apostle Paul. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you that your will is going to be done in this service and that we will leave here changed, Lord, that we will leave here uh, refreshed and encouraged, Lord, and hungry to be obedient to your word. Thank you uh, for those of us that have 
uh, broken hearts this morning or, or discouraged or, or just living in fear or whatever the, the problem may be, Father God. Thank you that you will touch them in the core of their heart, that you will touch them and just change them. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you that you're breaking chains off of us this morning. And if there's someone in here that does not know your saving power, if there's anybody in here that has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, they will do that today. We love you and praise you. And thank you for your anointing and Holy Spirit. And everybody in the church said, Amen. Amen. So God is good. Um, now the Apostle Paul, he's been doing uh, a lot of teaching in this letter, a lot of instruction about, hey, uh, love one another, stop fighting, so on and so forth. Look at my example. Look at Christ's example. Let's be humble. And now he, he's still teaching. He, it's, it's really interesting. He's an amazing teacher. He's still teaching, but he's, he's going to talk about his protege. He's going to talk about Timothy, his understudy, which is also a wonderful example for the Philippian church to follow. So that's where we're at today. I hope, uh, Philippians 2 and verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I, that I too may be cheered by news of you. Apostle Paul's just out there saying, hey, I want some up-to-date info on you guys. I can't wait to hear from you. And I'm sending my trustworthy guy, the best guy that I got. I'm sending Timothy your way. Or he says, that is my hope to send Timothy your way. Now, looky here. Um, look look right there on the slide or look on the back of your bulletin or look in the, the good book. But it says, I hope in the Lord. Okay, so that's different than I hope that this gets done. That's different than, oh, I'm going to try and make this happen or if everything works out. Because, you know, we can have the best interests in the world. We can have the best intentions in the world. Let me say that. Um, and I can give you my word. But there's all types of things that weigh in on whether or not that's going to happen or not. You know, we can try and do things, but it doesn't always work out the way we want it to. So I like what Paul's going, what he's going with here. He's saying, I want him to go. I want to send him to you. He's the man for the job. And I'm trusting in the Lord that this is going to happen. And that's that's a big takeaway for us, guys. You know, as we pray, and, and man, I, I know that there's been times in my life when I thought, God, this really, really needs to happen. This this needs to happen so bad, you know. And, and, and my heart, you know, I would say that my heart was in the right place or I thought it was in the right place. God, this this really needs to happen. And and I would think, you know, this God, this has got to happen this way. But it doesn't always happen that way. You know, God's will must be done. Okay, so we say, God, your will be done. I hope in the Lord that I get to send Timothy your way because your will be done. Uh, look at uh, Luke 22 and verse 42. I enjoy some of this delicious spring water. <coughs> Pardon me. Okay, so Luke 22 and verse 42. This is Jesus Christ talking right here in Luke 22, 42. Okay, and Jesus Christ is facing the cross. He's, he's at that moment where he's about to be arrested. All these things are about to happen that he's, his whole life has been, his whole human life has been uh, geared towards this moment. As he gets closer and he realizes that he is going to feel something that he's never felt, that, that he's never felt in all eternity, that he's going to feel the, the, the absence of his father, 
you know, he, he says these words as he's talking to the Father. And that's why, and this, well, let me just read it. Luke 22 and verse 42. This is Jesus saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, now look, nevertheless, not my will, not Paul's will. You see what I'm saying? Not my will, but yours be done. The Apostle Paul saying, I hope in the Lord. I'm giving this to the Lord. I'm giving this request to the Lord. And see, when we pray, we need to pray and mean it. Lord, not my will, but your will be done because he sees the big picture. You know, um, a lot of times God will give us that, that, that request that we're asking for. A lot of times he will, he will, he will just grant that, you know, here it is. A lot of times he will, when we go to the Lord and, and in our time of prayer, this is true. This is absolutely true. We go to the Lord. Sometimes he will change our request. The more I give my burdens to the Lord, the more he will say, no, let's not do this, but this will be better. Does that make sense? Uh, God can change what we're asking for. In other words, when we pray, God, not my will, but your will be done, we're giving God permission to do what he wants to do. We're saying, God, you do what's best. Amen. So anyways, the Apostle Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered up by news of you. It's in God's hands whether or not I'm going to be able to do this, but that's my plan. God's will be done. Look at 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. Apostle Paul's hoping in, the Apostle Paul is hoping in God. He's trusting in God. He's, he's giving his burdens to God. He's giving his request to God. And you know when we give our burdens to God, you know what he wants to give us? He wants to give us peace. You know, we give our petition to God and he gives us peace. We give our petition, we give our request to God and he gives us peace. And He, we, we release him to do what he already wants to do in our life, man. Sometimes we don't get the blessing, man, because we're so set on having it this way or that way. And God's saying, no, man, no, that's not going to cut it. That's, that's, I see why you want that, but that I got something better for you. Amen. Can I get a witness? 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, casting all, I know you guys know this verse, casting all your anxieties, but are we doing it? Think about that one, you know. Yeah, you've probably heard me say that 50 times if you've heard me say it once, you know, and I'm talking to myself. But look here, this is, this is a Peter, this is the Holy Spirit saying, casting all your anxieties, all your burdens, whatever it is, Whatever's eating you up, whatever's tearing you up, whatever's stealing your joy, whatever's keeping you up at night. Does that make sense to anybody? Whatever's stealing your joy, give it to me. Uh, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And when he says he cares for you, now listen up, guys. Some of you know it. Some of you don't know it. He's not just saying, hey, I think you guys are all right. I care for you. Give me your troubles. He, what this, what this boils down to is God saying, you are my child. You are my concern. You are my little one. And I don't want you to be worried sick about something. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to work it out. Your job is to say your will be done. Your job is to say, uh, God, you take this. This is bigger than me. I can't hand, I can't do it on my own. So I give it to you. Amen. Casting all your anxieties, giving all your burdens to him. Because he cares for you. Because you are his little one. Moving forward. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So that I too may be cheered by news of you. Verse 20. 
For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. I like how the Apostle Paul is saying, there's nobody like Timothy. In, in my world, in my ministry, with my core group of folks, Timothy is the one that I want to send to you because Timothy is the one that I know he can get the job done. I know that he will be genuinely concerned for you. And, and Timothy's a minister. He's Paul's understudy. You know, so the Apostle Paul is saying, I know Timothy, he's going to do the right thing, not necessarily the easy thing. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear, you know, but he's going to be obedient to God. He's going to push you in that right direction. Timothy is the man for the job. Amen? And, and see, Tim is like, well, Paul, he knows he can count on Timothy. He knows that he is going to do what God wants him to do. And so I want to be that person. I, I want to be that person, man. I know that sounds corny to see, you know, I want, I want to be that person God wants me to be. But, man, what else are we here for? You know, think about it. What else are we, we here for? And just how Paul has all this, well, he's, he, he's got all this pride in Timothy saying, I know this kid and I know he's going to do the right thing. I know that he's going to push you in that right direction. He's not going to take the easy road. He's not going to tickle you behind the ears. You know, he's going to lay it out for you. He's going to tell you what the word of God says. And as I read that, and as, as I was studying that over the last couple of days, you know, that, that is, at that moment, that was the desire of my heart, and it is right now. I want to be that. I want to be that person where God says, you know, I'm, I'm going to send Paul on this one. I'm going to send Ron on this. I'm going to send, I'm going to send Dalton. I'm going to send Josh on this one because they're the man for the job. I know that they're going to get it done. And that really needs to be the cry of our heart, not just, not just on Sunday morning. You know, cause I, I certainly want to be that man right now, you know, uh, but I'm talking about all week long. You know, when things aren't necessarily going your way, when you're, when you're trying to pay the bills or put food on the table or you're working hard, and, you know, you're going through all this. We, we have been called to be God's man, to be, to be God's daughter. That's what we're here for, to give God glory, to give God honor. So I just see that kind of jumping off the page. Paul says, I'm sending Tim. I'm sending you the best. I'm sending you this guy because he can get the job done. And let that be the cry of our hearts that I want to be that dependable, trustworthy servant of the Most High God. Let's go to the next slide. I hope that makes sense. Hmm. Um, Philippians 2 and verse 20. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Verse 21. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. My goodness gracious. Did you, did you just hear what I read? Do you see it up there? This is the Apostle Paul talking about other, other guys that he could send, other guys in his world, um, other ministers around Rome, which if we, re, if we go back to our early studies uh, in Philippians, you know there's a lot of people out to get Paul. A lot of people uh, using his incarceration as, a, as a, 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 a way to promote themselves. But the Apostle Paul talking about other Christian people. Now listen here. This is talk, it's not talking about the pagans. Okay, not talking about the unbelievers. For they, This is talking about Christian folks. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. So that's like the exact opposite of what we should be shooting for. You know, we're here to give God glory. We're here to honor God with the things we think about and say and do, you know, to be that, that salty person, to, uh, to be that light, you know, 
leading people to the foot of the cross through Jesus Christ and so on and so forth. Um, look at Matthew 6 and verse 33. Because if we look at the verse we just read, he's like, there's pretty much everybody else is putting their own interests, putting what Paul wants before what Jesus Christ wants. That's not what Christians are supposed to do. But see, before I get on my ivory tower, you know, which I'm not, you know, that's how we're hardwired. That's, that, that's the way we, that's how we come off the factory floor, man. You know, that, that's how we are, man. It's, it's all about us, you know. And see, God, when, when, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and I'm, I honestly can say this and I mean this, you know, there are some, there are some good moral people. I, I used to not be able, be able to say this because I, I used to not believe this. But there are some good moral people that are not Christian people. There's a, there's a lot. I've, I've met people out in the world, unsaved people that have taught me a lot about how I should be a Christian by their own behaviors and by how they were taught by their father and so on and so forth. But see, this is how, you know, humanly speaking, this is how we come off the conveyor belt, man. You know, it's about me. You know, I look out of these eyes. I look at everybody else. I, I look at what I want when I'm walking through Del Champ's sunny, beautiful aisle. You know, you know, oh, look at there. Top shelf M&M, big old bag, you know. You know, but see, God says, eh, well, it's not really about that. He says it's about me. It's about serving God, you know. So that is stepping out, doing the uncomfortable thing. That is uh, being obedient to the Lord Jesus. And so look at Matthew 6, verse 33. For those of us who have to let God do that work in us, and that's all of us, you know. That's every single one of us. We got to say, no, not, not my will, but God's will. Not my will, but God's will. Matthew 6, 33 lays it out for you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given, will be added to you. Let me, all these things will be added to you. So in Matthew, Jesus, in Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, how you're going to be dressed and all that. He says, look at the birds. They don't worry. Uh, look at the flowers. You know, they're beautiful. God, I, God takes care of all them. So on and so forth. But see, here's our marching orders. Put God first. Be about God's business. It's as easy as that. Be about God's business, and he'll be about your business. I'm not saying we don't work, we don't study, we don't go to college. I'm not saying any of that stuff. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God's will always should trump your will. Does that make sense? He knows what's best. Even when we are earnestly praying before God, God, please do this. Please, and, and I've done it. I have done it, and I said, this is God's will. This is going to be amazing. What a wonderful testimony this is going to be. And, and in the end of the day, God will be like, uh, nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. Well, how come you're not doing that? Uh, it's not like we were having a back and forth there. You know, God does what he does. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll be honest with you. I'll lay it out. You know, I, I wanted my dad. I wanted my pops. I want. I wanted. I wanted the old man to live for for many more years, and and I wanted him to preach up here, and I didn't want to get up here and do it. I wanted to continue doing the thing that I was doing, and uh, I just didn't. I, I I just wasn't ready for that, you know. But God knows what He's doing, and, and I really I, I felt in my heart, you know, uh, God, you got to do this. You got to raise the old man up. Boom! It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be. And, and I know God has the power. And I've seen God heal people before. I've seen that, you know. Um, I've had I've had miracles in my own life, 
I'm with my own body and stuff like that. Um, and I, I really thought that was going to happen. I was like, well, this is your will. But it wasn't God's will. God took, God took them all. You know, and Pastor Fred ain't complaining one bit. You know, he's having a fine time right now. Um, but anywho, God does the things that we wouldn't always do. You know, who knows if I would have been obedient to the Lord if it was a year later or two years later. Who knows? God knows what he's doing. That's what I'm saying. That's why we say, your will, not mine. Can I get a witness? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Now look at verse 22, Philippians 2 and verse 22. But you know Timothy's proven worth. I like that, man. I love that. That is just jumping off the pages as you're screaming out. Uh, Philippians, you know Timothy. You know how I feel about Timothy. This is the guy for the job. This is, he is, he is trustworthy. He's going to go the extra mile. He is a man of integrity. You know about him. Do you know people know about us? You know, our reputation precedes us, man. And it's not that the world is going to always think that you're super cool because you're a Christian. But like, like we always say, you know, if the world's going to come and get us, if the world is going to come against us, let them come against us because we are standing up for Jesus Christ. Let them come against us because we're following the good book. Amen. Not because we're giving them all kinds of ammunition for living a double life. And you, you see what I'm saying? Raising my hand, man, I'm, I'm guilty of all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I, I want to be known. I really, I want to be known as that man that, that was faithful. You know, faithful to God, the, the servant I was supposed to be, not perfect, you know, because that's not going to happen. That, that's simply not going to happen. But I want to be that person that says, you know what, there, this is what I want to do, and this is the right thing to do, and I'm going to do the right thing. Amen? But you know Timothy's proven worth. How is a son with a father? Isn't that beautiful? This ain't the Apostle Paul's real kid. This is his uh, protege. This is uh, his his disciple, if if we can use that word. Um, and he had a lot of people working with him, but this was like his son, his spiritual son. See this relationship that they had. He calls him his son. That's not the only place he does it. And he says, you know, I'm his dad. Uh, he's my son. I'm sowing into his life so he can sow into other people's lives. Um, how is a son with the father he has served with me in the gospel? This is kind of cool because the apostle Paul, he, he does uh, always in, in his, uh, in his letters, um, a lot of the time he will brag about folks, you know, he won't take the credit for the whole ball of wax, you know, um, no, he is, he is the, he is the grand poobah as far as this goes. He's the, he's the bishop of these churches, you know, but he gives credit to these other people, his, uh, his, his fellow workers and stuff like that. And the apostle Paul, not a perfect cat, a good guy to follow as he follows Christ, but not a perfect dude. You know, he had a fallen out with, with one of his guys, Mark, you know, the, on one of the early mission trips, uh, Barnabas, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but let's do it. We got eight minutes to kill, right? Um, <laughs> Barnabas, um, who was instrumental in getting Paul into the churches, uh, bringing Paul into the fold, so to speak, because nobody liked Paul, man. Paul was the guy that just a while ago was rounding up Christians and putting Christians in jail and, and giving his approval to the death of Christians. So all of a sudden, Paul has this uh, a road to Damascus experience. 
And a lot of these Christian folks are like saying, hey, hey, phew, I ain't buying that. I don't know about that. I don't know about having that guy come and preach in our underground church. Oh, I don't know. No, no, he's a Christian now. He, he, he's on the road to the... Oh, no. Uh-uh. Just let me know. I'm not going to be there that Sunday. <laughs> I'm calling out. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to be in the church with, with Paul because, you know, um, I don't trust that cat. But then there was this dude, Barnabas, you know, son of encouragement. That's what his name means. Barney. He, he took him under his wing. He took Paul under his wings. Like, no, this guy, he's the real deal, man. He's changed. He's changed. And so Paul and Barnabas start going on these trips. They've been called. They were handpicked by the Holy Spirit to go out on these mission trips. And, uh, so they take Mark. They take this kid, Mark. And halfway through this mission trip, man, Mark gets homesick from his mommy. Um, <laughs> my goodness. No, I would be like that. I would totally be like that. You know, I'd be like, I want to go home. I want to go home. This food stinks. I'll go home. No one likes us here. I want to go home. Give me some Bibles. I hand them out on the way home. Um, I don't want to do this. Mark, Mark quits. And man, the apostle Paul did not dig on that. So the next time they were going to go on their next mission trip, Barnabas was like, all right, I'll get Mark and we'll go. The apostle Paul was like, no, uh-uh. We ain't taking that dude. Uh-uh. I need some faithful, hardcore workers, not someone that's going to get in Mobile or Dothan and start crying for his mammy, you know. I mean, he just took it that seriously, you know. But the Lord, honestly, this is like Robin said, no rabbit trails. And I'm like so on a rabbit trail right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the end of his ministry, the Apostle Paul and Mark have a beautiful relationship. They had a big time falling out, man, like a big time falling out, which affected Paul's friendship with Barnabas. Barnabas went and did his thing. The Apostle Paul went and did his thing. And God used that that division to spread his word, you know, to, to fulfill what God needed to be done. But man, there was a hardcore problem between those guys. Paul didn't like Mark, man. He's like, nah, this stuff is way too serious for you to be acting that way. You know what I mean? But by the end of Paul's ministry, man, there was a healing. And he's like, send Mark to me. He's valuable to me. Send Mark to me. So there can be healing. And, you know, let's, I, you know, let's just be obedient to the Lord. If, if there's a division, you know, if there's something that just seems like a rip that, that, that cannot be repaired or you don't even want to put forth the effort, let it be God's will. Let God's will be done and not yours. Because he can unravel spaghetti. He can unscramble eggs. My friend Alan Airwood used to say that. Um, and he means it. I mean, God means it. Okay. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Paul's bragging about Timothy. I love that. I love to brag about my kids. It's really good when you don't have to make up stuff to brag about, you know. Um, that's good. Um, but, you know, look at uh, Romans 13 and verse 7. Romans 13 and verse 7. Pay to all what is owed them. All right, that, well, that might be the message one of us needs to hear. That might just be the message some of us need to hear. That's not why I put that in there. But you know, God does expect you to pay what is owed. Amen. Uh, pay to all what is owed them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. All right, yeah. No more cheating on the old taxes. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Revenue is, is, is a boat motor. So if you, if you, it's not a boat motor, it's revenue. Um, See, that's why, just moving forward, 
That's, that joke was going to kill. Like 3.30 in the morning, I was like, revenue, that sounds like, rev, that sounds like that boat motor name that I can't think of right now. Evan Root. I'm going to say Evan Root. I'm going to say revenue. And the people are going to be like, oh, that's so funny, dude. That's not funny. It's stupid. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Now listen. Respect to whom respect is owed. This is what I really want to focus on. Romans 13 and verse 7. Honor to whom honor is owed. You know, I want everybody to get the pats on the back that they deserve. I'm probably going to forget about that. I don't mean to, but I appreciate every single thing that everybody does for the Lord and for this church. I do. But see, God does care about it. You know, and we are just doing our reasonable service. We are just doing what God has called us to do. You know, but see, God says, if if, if don't hold back giving somebody honor. And you see that all through the Apostle Paul's writing, man. He, he's like, man, and, and this guy was with me. And thank God for Tim. And, you know, he does that sort of thing. And I think that that is a good thing for us to do. I know it's a good thing for us to do. It's in the Word of God. Give honor to where honor is owed. That's what the Apostle Paul's doing with Tim. He's like, Tim's the guy. Tim can handle this. You know Tim. You know he's trustworthy. Let's go to the next slide, beloved. We're, we're on our way out of here. We're rounding third. Philippians 2 and verse 23. Last two verses. Philippians 2 and verse 23. Now see, Paul's giving instruction without giving instruction. He's talking about how faithful Timothy is and how, how just Timothy is such a wonderful asset to his ministry. You know, I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. Paul's saying, hey, you know, I'm not sending him. I want to send him, but I'm not going to send him until I find out what's going on with my own court case, so to speak. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but as soon as I have some, some good info, I'm sending them your way. Um, I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. Look at Matthew 6. Yeah, well, no, no, let's go to Colossians 3 and verse 23. Colossians 3 and verse 23. Should be on the monitor, and I believe it is. So Philippians 2, 23. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. Once again, Timothy's the man for the job. Okay. Now, Colossians 3, verse 23. This is what it says. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Well, think about that. Timothy's trustworthy. Timothy's the man for the job. When we do something, whatever it is, your, you know, your, your job, your schooling, um, babysitting your neighbor's cat or, or whatever, you know? I mean, that's kind of silly. But see, we represent God. Out there in the workforce, wherever we're at, we represent God. And Paul is so, he, he is just, he knows, Tim, I can let him go. I don't have to, I don't have to call him every five minutes on the cell phone to see where he's at. He's trustworthy. That's what I want to be. Amen. So, um, Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, what do you do? What is your job? What do you do? Whatever that is, and you might not have a job, but whatever you find yourself to do, 
Remember this, you're not just doing it for man. You're not just doing it for a paycheck. You're not just doing it for approval. You're not just doing it for your own satisfaction. You know what I mean? We want to be the best that we can be at whatever we are, just like Paul with Tim. This guy's got it. Okay, I know I keep going over that, but that's, that's the point, man, that I want to drive home, man. I want to be like that. I want to be that person that God says, you know what? Paul can handle this one, man. Yeah, Brian can handle this one. This, this is all the building blocks and everything and all the trials and things that he's went through. This is going to serve for my glory. He's the man for this job. So whatever I do, I'm doing it for God's glory. Amen? Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Good point. Let's make sure we try and do it. Amen? And see, God blesses us. That's a big thing. God, amen. God blesses us. God takes care of us. God meets our needs. Remember, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. God will take care of you. God says you be about my business. I'll be about your business. And that goes against the way we're wired. That goes against it. You know, but see, we, we need to be renewed by the washing of our minds. We need to, we need to let the word change us, how we perceive things, how we think about things. We need to stay in the good book, um, and let that take place. But, but let it be known, man. God wants to bless us. God wants to take care of his babies, man. Just like you love blessing your little ones. Just like you love doing something nice. And it is certainly true when the good book says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. What a wonderful feeling it is, right? To bless someone else. You know? And see, God says, I want to do that for you, man. I want to bless you. I want to bless your socks off. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to bless your socks off. Say it really fast like it's almost a different language. (laughs) Amen. Now, Now look, in closing, look at Matthew 6, 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys. Ah. You can put all your money in the bank and maybe that bank will be here tomorrow. Maybe it won't. And if your bank does go away, God's still on the throne. And if he has to bring you Popeye's chicken from a raven, he'll do what he has to do. A raven holding it. Okay. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So, Apostle Paul, had this immaculate, amazing pedigree, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, I think, the Lord willing. Um, um, he, he, you know, he, and he had all this stuff uh, that he had accomplished. And at the end of the day, you know, he had to lay his head down on the, at the end of his life, he had to lay his head down on the chopping block and a Roman soldier cut his head off. Yeah, that's how he went out. But you know what? The Apostle Paul's doing just fine, man. He's having a Heck of a time. God takes good care of his people, man. So if you don't get the pats on the back that, that, that you think you need or you deserve, and you probably do. You know, a lot of people just are so self-consumed. They don't think about what awesome and amazing things you're doing. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. But God sees it. God notices. And when we step out and we say, I'm going to be obedient to God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I don't care if anybody notices. I don't care if anybody pays, you know, for my happy meal or whatever. I don't care because I know God's going to bless me. And it's okay. It is okay to think about, man, God's not going to be indebted to me. It's okay to think when I am about God's business, God is going to be about my business. 
God wants us to be hyped up and excited about the fact that he wants to bless us, man. He throws that out there as an incentive, man. I will bless you, man. I want to bless you just like we love blessing our babies, man. Okay, tell the truth. Shame the devil. Okay, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. Last verse. Matthew, I mean, Philippians 2, 23 and 24. I hope therefore to send him, Timothy, because he's trustworthy. He's the man for the job. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. Verse 24, and I trust in the Lord. There it is again. Just how he started, how we started today. I trust in the Lord. I give my burdens to the Lord, man. His will be done, not mine. And see the Apostle Paul saying, I don't just want to send Timothy to you so we can get that flow of information going on so I can tell you how I'm doing and I can have a smile when I find out what, what you're going through and we can encourage one another. See, the Apostle Paul says this too. And I trust in the Lord. I'm giving this to the Lord because I really want this to happen, but His will be done. I trust in the Lord that I shortly... okay. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Apostle Paul says, I don't just want to send him. I want to come see you guys too. I want to be together with you guys. I want us to, I want us to go to Applebee's or Bennigan's or something after church and, you know, talk and, you know, all that sort of jazz. You know, anyways, Father God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you that you.